We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to another edition of Nice Straight Cast on Rotoviz Radio, brought to you by the Blue Wire Network and our friends over at Underdog Fantasy, your home for best ball, pick 'em, and more. Make sure to tune into the rest of the show for a 100% deposit match, not 90%, not 70%, 100% deposit match coming to you later in the show with our special code that you will never know what it is. So you listen to the show. All right. Week six is in the books. Six? Six? My, my numbers are right? Yeah. Six. Six strength is in the Bucks. Um, the Buccaneers are awful, and uh, I'm joined by Dan Seno, who his football team kind of isn't awful. And they're getting their quarterback back. What's up, Dan? Uh, well, yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting been an interesting month and a half. The Bucks are in fact terrible. Uh, maybe Tom Brady should have stayed at home at this stage, but that. Uh, what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about fantasy football, dynasty football, the NFL in general, and uh, the potential demise of some once great quarterbacks. And be- before we get into all that, we're going to start off with a team that we've been dibbling and dabbling over the first few weeks of the season. Last couple weeks has been the Arizona Cardinals. They have some news um, out this week. Several pieces of news. You have Hollywood Brown out for at least six weeks with a non-surgical foot injury. We have DeAndre Hopkins is in after his six-game suspension. And we have Robbie Anderson in after Antonio Browning his way out of the Carolina Panthers. Uh, so I'll start with Hollywood Brown here. Um, good news is it's not season-ending. Um, but... Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things that he's still young enough that it's not like a, you know, half-season injury is really going to impact his nice value that much. Um, so, I mean, I'm buying Hollywood Brown if there's any sort of, you know, dip in value. I still think that he is the wide receiver one when Hopkins and Brown are, are on the field, um, especially long-term. And so I, I'm I'm buying Hollywood Brown if you can get him for, you know, a mid-first or a late-first plus a piece. Like, that's the type of move I'd be willing to make for Hollywood Brown right now with, with the injury. 
And of course, you always talk about when you're when you're trying to acquire a player that has been injured. The the move is not to trade up a future pick. The move is to try to trade a player who is currently scoring points. That way, you know, you satiate that person's need for points. So when I say a mid first, I'm talking about a player that's worth a mid first more than an actual mid first. But I would trade a mid first for Hollywood right now. Yeah, I mean, he's wide receiver six on the season, obviously missing, you know, potentially six weeks is and that that's tough. But like you said, it's not really going to do anything to his dynasty value. Uh, the only thing that may hinder his his short term value, aside from the injury, is DeAndre Hopkins being back. If he stays healthy, he's I mean, he's surely in line for a lion's share of those targets. And bringing in Robbie Anderson will only help DeAndre Hopkins, I think, in this situation. Obviously, once Hollywood Brown gets back, uh, I think it's night-night for Rondell Moore at that point. He's probably going to be made obsolete, but we'll see. They might be keep, keep him in the backfield and try to throw it to him because it seems like he's kind of developed more and more of a role as, as the season has gone on. He's, but, I mean, the last two weeks, granted, obviously— more so two weeks ago, but the last two weeks he's looked good. He's, he, mm-hmm. the, the the first few weeks, uh, or I think he literally put, played like three weeks this year, but, you know, last year and starting into this year a little bit, he has seemed a little bit like baby deerish, where it's like his movements are always like a little bit off. And then the last two weeks he's actually looked like that's an NFL player that has speed, that can get away and get around things. And so, you know, I've seen a decent amount of improvement on, you know, football field-wise. Um, and we'll see how much that is able to develop with Hopkins in the field and, and Brown out. It, he seems like he's a player that it th- is like thinking too much and trying to trying too hard, or trying to do too much all at the same time. So like you said he, he kind of just looked awkward. But yeah, definitely. A, a, you know, last week he looked he looked like kind of how we would expect him to. And I think even this week he he did OK. But um, yeah, it, it's an interesting offense. I mean, this is one that was that was supposed to have been, you know, top five, top eight, give or take Kyler Murray, uh, who is kind of holding his own, but this, it just seems like the output has been so mediocre. The touchdowns haven't really been there. Uh, you know what, at this point now we're looking for Kyler Murray to be more like Jalen hurts. They're similar in the passing attack, Mm -hmm. but Kyler's not scoring any touchdowns with his legs and the offense overall isn't really scoring any touchdowns. So it's, it's kind of a weird, a a weird spot. and, And some, some guys have kind of, flip-flopped in in what their uh you know the dynasty ranking or dynasty value has been but even so i think with the rushing floor and uh the potential for some touchdowns and, and some positive touchdown regression here for kyler i i think that he might even be on the buy list yeah and weirdly the the young like you know up-and-coming quarterbacks like the herberts the kylers um last year more so hurts not not really this year but the volatility with the young, very good quarterbacks has been insane that like, you know, in the past when we have these very good quarterbacks, they typically are very good, like nearly every week. Whereas Herbert to an extent and Kyler has very much been like a Jekyll and Hyde thing where it's like, which one are you going to get on a weekly basis? And, and Kyler, Kyler is able to like make up for it fantasy a little bit where even when he's bad, his legs make up for it a little bit. Uh, But from an NFL play perspective, Kyler has been extremely, you know, inconsistent, but from an NFL perspective, his good has been great enough. His, his great has been good enough that he's not like at risk of like losing his job or anything. And obviously he has the huge extension extension as well. Uh, so I think you kind of have to ride the wave a little bit with Kyler and, and hope that 
you know, Cliff Kingsbury gets fired and then, you know, he's able to get a little bit more consistent in 2023. I mean, it's not even really a wave. Kyler's QB six right now. It's, we're we're kind of blowing it a, a little bit proportion only because we we expected a lot out of this offense. Obviously, yeah. not having DeAndre Hopkins and James Conner being hurt, um, looking you know, always it seems like it, it's it's kind of a weird a, a weird spot. But I, I don't think anyone really expected for him to push Josh Allen or or Lamar Jackson. And surprisingly enough, Jalen Hurts is doing kind of what we thought Kyler would be doing. So uh, it, it'll it'll be interesting to see if he if he starts to get out of the pocket a little bit more and and carry the ball just a little bit more. I mean, for the love of God, Jalen Hurts has like 80 carries, whereas Kyler has, I think, 35, give or take. Um, Lamar Jackson in that 56. Even Josh Allen has 47 carries. So uh, it, it potentially be nice to see Kyler get out and use his legs just a tiny, tiny bit more. Uh, even though, I mean, the, the yards are there when he gets out, and we just need to see him get into the end zone. And, and the passing will come with time. I mean, that that's going to kind of level off. I don't think the touchdown production through the air is ever going to be a massive number, but I, th- I think it will be, you know, justly, it, it'll be good because of what he can do on the ground. So as this offense overall, I, I think we should be buying Hollywood, especially um, right. I mean, right now, while this injury is fresh and people are looking for that production, I, I would be, I would, to be honest with you, Nathan, I'd even consider moving someone like Devonte Adams for Hollywood and maybe like a toss in pick or a, or an upside player. Uh, mm-hmm. because I don't necessarily think their dynasty values make sense, but I mean, they're scoring similarly and obviously mm-hmm. Hollywood being out now. Um, I also think Deandre Hopkins for a contender, if, if for whatever reason, a team that is rebuilding or has just recently gone into a rebuild still has Deandre Hopkins on their roster. That should be a match made in heaven for any contenders to try to go get Deandre Hopkins. I think he's got a really good chance at being a top, I would say three to five wide receiver, uh, at least until Hollywood Brown gets back. And even beyond that, we could see him uh, very, very easily be in a, in a wide, wide receiver one position. So um, whether it's Kyler, if you're willing to spend a little bit more, or Hollywood Brown, if you can if you can stand not having the points, or even if you just are, are, you just want them, now's a great time to buy. And I think DeAndre Hopkins for any contenders would be a really nice purchase. Yeah, so we'll wrap up the the Cardinals talk with the acquisition of Robbie Anderson. I I mean I really really just see this as this is the you know Hollywood esque replacement, and so he has like you know deep league startable value for the next six weeks, but I really don't see anything outside of that. Yeah, I mean he's to me it's another one of those best ball assets. He's going to have big weeks, but he's not going to be consistent enough to start. Maybe in this period where Hollywood's out. He could be startable after a couple of weeks of him getting the offense, uh, which shouldn't take long. Uh, I don't think what Robbie Anderson does on the field is very intricate. Hey, Robbie, run straight. We'll throw it to you. Uh, so I, I think once he's integrated into the actual playbook, uh, we could see some, you know, some flashes. They may make a point of it. I don't know if they play the Panthers anytime soon, but I would imagine that game could be like a four for 203 kind of <laughs> Randy Moss game for Robbie Anderson. But yeah, I mean, he's nice in best ball. I think if he's almost free, he's a, he's a nice addition to just have depth uh, in him. Hey, what if Hopkins goes down? He's, he's hasn't been exactly healthy over the last few years. So if Hopkins goes down, Robbie could be in for a big role. Rondell Moore potentially. I still like the stashing of Rondell Moore because there's like, I think there's something there. I just, 
he just keeps kind of getting put behind the eight ball. So, um, yeah, I'm I'm kind of out on Robbie unless he's free. All right, let's move on to the demise of three veteran quarterbacks. One probably a little bit sooner than we were expecting. Uh, Tom Brady, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers have all been very bad. From a fantasy perspective, from an NFL perspective, their teams, their offenses have been terrible. Um, which one of these is the most surprising at this stage, and wh- what are the shakeup of the dynasty values with these guys? Well, I, I want to say it's Rodgers is probably the most surprising for me, but also he lost his mind over the last couple of years, so I think that's catching up a little bit. Uh, and the lack of any receiving weapons whatsoever, I mean, he's he's making chicken salad out of chicken poop uh, to even be in a, a QB2 position. I mean, I think he's, he's QB17 on the season right now. Uh, it's nine touchdowns and three interceptions, but there's uh, there's just not a lot going on. You know, he's not, not scoring at will like he was previously, not putting up godly numbers as far as the actual air attack goes. And it's a, it's a weird one because it's still there. He just doesn't have anybody to to throw it to. So I, I think this is more of a more of a personnel issue than it is an, a Rodgers issue. However, he, he still hasn't really looked like vintage Rodgers that we're that we're used to. Russell Wilson, I think, is a little bit less surprising to me. Um, he's kind of been boring and not great over the last, I don't know how many years now. Um, and Brady, I mean, it was just kind of inevitable, especially with all of the off the field stuff. That one, that one's probably to me, the, the least surprising of all of these, the guy's 103 years old and is now going through a divorce. Okay. So, so, so you say that, but I will say if we're talking about which one of these guys is most likely to end the season as a top 10 fantasy quarterback, I'm putting my chips on Brady. Because yeah, if, he has Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, of course. Right. Because if Brady writes the ship, he has Tom Brady and, and he has he has, the, he has Tom Brady, Mike Evans, and Chris Godwin. And so I think he has the mo- he's the most likely to turn around at least for the 2022 season. In terms of like dynasty, who I'm most likely to try and acquire, I I still think it's you know Wilson. Wilson probably is the most expensive of these three, but I think he's the most likely to be like a top eight quarterback in 2023. I think that maybe that ship has sailed a little bit in 2022, maybe counted as a lost season for, for now. Like Russell Wilson is not a guy I even want in my lineup in like super flex at this stage. Like unless I only have two quarterbacks and it's not any sort of like depressed QB scoring, like you really don't want Russell Wilson in your lineup right now. You don't really want Rodgers or Brady either, but you know that they at least have the arm, the arm and the, you know, ability to, you know, score a three touchdown game whenever they, you know, put things together. Um, so, yeah, my, my, my thoughts are Brady most likely to turn around the short term, Wilson the most likely to turn around in the long term. And Rodgers, yeah, I mean, I'm pretty out on Rodgers at this point. I mean, if Rodgers had had Sutton and Judy, he would have, yeah. he would lead the league in passing right now. If he had Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, he'd be putting up like all time numbers. But guess what? He doesn't. And he's not right. Gonna- right. But even so, I mean, he he's not as old as Brady. He's gonna he still has a couple of years left in the tank. They have to bring in somebody. I know we've said that before. They absolutely have to bring in somebody. My hope is a healthy Odell Beckham Jr., uh, which I'm sure those two egos won't clash they, at all. They they just restructured somebody's contract. The Packers or no, the Chiefs did. The Chiefs just restructured a contract. 
to potentially bring in people think Odell, people think um, uh, what's his face, DJ Moore. Anyways, DJ Moore makes more sense to the Chiefs, in my opinion, if they're going to go that route. But um, yeah, it's uh, a <laughs> to, to go back to your point of not wanting Russell Wilson in your lineup. I've started uh, in the one league I have Russell Wilson. He is, I think, my QB five at this point. I have started Andy Dalton over him. Yes, and it was the correct call. I have started Marcus Mariota over him, which doubled his points. And I have started uh, Jimmy Garoppolo. So it, it's it's gotten to that point, unfortunately. He's QB 22 on the season. I don't think anybody really expected that. Yes, Javante being out doesn't help. But to be honest, the rushing attack has nothing to do with Russell looking the way he has looked. He has not been good. Um Obviously, being the youngest of these guys, I think he has the most potential to come back. I, I just, with with the players there, it, it shouldn't be this bad. And we can blame Nathaniel Hackett as much as we want, but at some point, Russell's got to make those plays. All right, Dan, are you ready for the the uh, <laughs> overreaction Ramondre Stevenson ranking? Uh, I think someone's got to do it, and it may as well be us. Okay, so I have pulled up Dynasty Rankings from a unspecified website, um, <laughs> and he's currently ranked at RB27. We're going to go up the, the ranks, and I'm keep on saying until we're we're not sure if it's a toss-up or not. Gibson, Stevenson easily, right? Yeah, easy. Sanders? Uh, yeah. Fournette? Stevenson. Stevenson. Akers? Stevenson by a mile. Pierce. Stevenson. C.H. Stevenson. Dylan. Stevenson. Montgomery. Stevenson. Jacobs. Ooh, Jacobs. Okay, so that puts him at RB19, other guys ahead of him, which I would I would contemplate Stevenson over Jones. Uh, I would contemplate Stevenson over Dobbins. Um, so it puts him in that, you know, Low, low, low teens where Stevenson belongs. But, but there's that big group of guys that are all worth almost the exact same that you could, you could yeah. really put in any order. And I, I, I think he might be in that category. I would take him over Travis Etienne. I would take him over J.K. Dobbins. Um, and I think that's about it. So I think we could probably get him to like that 17 range. Sure. And and then like when you're talking about rebuild versus contending, like on a rebuild. Granted, like you don't need to make this decision because you can obviously trade for more value, yada yada. But on a rebuild, you can make the the potential, you know, argument for over Kamara and Dalvin. Like, obviously, that you aren't going to trade Dalvin for Ramondre Stevenson. Um, you're going to get try and get more out of that. But if you're in a rebuild and you're stuck, like there is potential to possibly rank him over those second contract guys. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I, I... And, you know, you go to like the kind of like the cornerstone rankings that we've seen and, and things that are more important for the longer period of time. And I think you would have him above those guys, because when are we ever going to want a 28 year old running back versus a 24, 25 year old? Uh, and the, yes, I mean, Damien Harris will be back at some point. Yes. I, I, I don't think Damien Harris has dominated the backfield as much as Stevenson has when Stevenson has been the, the yeah. feature back. Yeah, no, I am a big Damian Harris fan. I think that he's a as good, a I, I think he's a very good NFL running back, but he has not shown near the ceiling that Ramondre Stevenson has at the NFL level or, you know, 
in the Patriots offense. So I agree. Yeah. I, I think that Stevenson's easily a top 20 back right now. And like with his rushing ability has the ability to sneak into that top 12 sooner rather than later. Granted, surprisingly, like the running back position is actually pretty good right now. Yes. I, you know, it's volatile year to year, all those different things. But when you're looking at guys like Dalvin cook, Kenneth Walker, Alvin Kamara as being RB twos, like, you know, I'll take that, you know, it, I think it has less to do with the actual field of running backs and more to do with what the NFL is doing as a whole. We're seeing passing uh, out the wazoo. We're seeing everybody in a running back by committee, uh, you know, and, and defenses are playing the run better. It seems I, I feel like there's maybe what two running backs in the top, like 25 of, of fantasy. Yes. I don't know what the actual number is. I don't have that in front of me, but. I would assume Saquon's up there, uh, and maybe that's about it. Yeah, no, for sure. It, it's 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 a very deep but not very top heavy look at the at the rankings right now. When you have running backs, and you, I, I think that w- when we go to back to when we go to startups, like rounds like three through five are end up like filled with running backs, even when the first two rounds are going to have very little running backs. I forgot about Nick Chubb and Christian McCaffrey, but yeah. you know it, and it's been you know, one massive game or one massive run in, in Saquon's, you know, <laughs> the deal. If he's not scoring a 60-yard touchdown, he's not scoring, but that makes up for the bad games. So, yeah, running back is 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 kind of weird right now, but I, I do think Stevenson is still going to be undervalued. I, I feel like his name just doesn't carry any weight. I mean, for the love of God, I got him from Nathan for a second-round pick earlier in the year, and... uh I don't remind him of that ever in our, our, our league chat or anything like that. Um, especially this week after he scored all the points that he did. Yeah. Let's not talk about that. Um, <laughs> what we can talk about is our friends over at underdog fantasy. While Dan might be mean to me, underdog has never been mean to me. They've only been nice as they've given me a 100% deposit match on my first deposit at, at underdog $100 in $200 in your account. It's that easy, folks. And you can invest that into some, some pick'ems, invest that into some best balls, and you start looking forward to next year. Next year, I'm sure there's going to be best ball mania four, and it's going to be like a bajillion dollars. It's the freest double up that has ever existed. And Underdog is, is our partner here. They're our partner in crime or just having fun and doing so responsibly. But yeah, Nathan, you brought up the pick'ems, which is an absolute blast. You can get up to 20x your bet i mean that that to me is i'm going the deep parlays every single time right there i, I you know i can throw five bucks in give me a hundred out you know I, i'm in for something like that and they do still have the three and six man drafts going each week and obviously like you said nathan the best ball is the big part of that obviously we're a little bit beyond best ball season but like you said there's always next year and there's always other sports as well they, they basically have everything you could want from a fantasy site fantasy app so make sure you get on over to underdog you use our code rotoviz that's r-o-t-o-v-i-z and that gets you nathan's 100 deposit match on your very first deposit again up to 100 dollars. but hey you put in 100 you get 100 that's just free money folks underdog we love you We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. 
Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, let's move on to the second half of the show. We have Kyle Pitts is back. Maybe? Uh, the question is, it, I'll, I'll pose it this way, Dan. Is Kyle Pitts back or did Kyle Pitts just score a touchdown? Kyle Pitts scored a touchdown on three catches for 19 yards because, hey, Atlanta's really good. Uh, not back. Uh, you know, I don't know what that per- where the person went from last year. Um, you know, maybe died with Matt Ryan, uh, which seems truly unfortunate. We did see some life out of that guy, though. But, yeah, I, this is going to be a tough situation. That they're, you know, unless D- Des Ritter's the answer or they find themselves in a position to get, you know, Bryce Young or, or C.J. Stroud, which I don't think they're going to do at this point. I think they're one of those teams that is going to be do just enough and be kind of a thorn in other team sides where they're going to beat some teams that need wins and they're going to lose a lot of easy games. So they're, they're a below 500 team, but they're one that's like oddly exciting to watch outside of, you know, their best player, Kyle Pitts, who they just would prefer to block because quote unquote, they're not playing fantasy football. They're playing real football. So uh, left tackle, Kyle Pitts finally scores a touchdown. Nice to see. Good for him. Uh, we're, we've been seeing the other tight ends that they have score points. Well, whoever the other guy was, I think it was uh, Michael Pruitt. Is that, is that who that was? Uh, Drake London, still, you know, MIA. This this offense is, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, man. It's a tough one. I knew this was going to be the situation as soon as all of things, these things changed. We knew Matt Ryan wasn't going to be good, and then obviously he left leaving us with Marcus Mariota, who's been fine. I mean, it's not like he's been bad, but he's he's certainly not. He's not Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. Uh, it's It was the—I I hate, like, toot-toot, ha-ha, good, sucks to suck. It was the easiest sell high in the history of fantasy football, not only with Kyle Pitts, but at the time with Calvin Ridley, whether the gambling thing happened or not. Those, both of those guys were top 10 assets with no quarterback. Explain that to me like I'm five. <laughs> I cannot explain it to you like you're five or eight or seven. Um, now, I, I will say that they've been, the Falcons have been winning with a quote unquote ugly brand of football um, as they're three and three along with the Buccaneers in the NFC South. Um, but I do think that against better football teams, against better football teams on the road, they're going to have to throw more. And so my hope 
is that when they go to Cincinnati and Joe Burrow lights up that terrible Falcons defense, that then that forces you know Mariota to throw more, thus throwing getting more targets to pits than three. So I, I think that we're going to have these floor weeks where, you know, the Falcons are grinding out, you know, 12 pass attempt victories or 12 pass attempt, you know, close losses. But I think that in the games where, you know, they're playing a little bit more catch up, it's going to be better for, for the, you know, fantasy outlook of Kyle Pitts. See the, the issue, even with, even with the better teams, I, I don't, I think they're playing up to better teams levels and they're playing down to worse team levels. This isn't a team that's consistent at all. They're consistent by being inconsistent. So week one was Mariota's season high in passing attempts with 33. That to me seems like too many <laughs> for Marcus Mariota at this stage. The rest of the season has been 26, 20, 19, 25, and then this last week, 14. He went 13 of 14 for two touchdowns, one of which was to Kyle Pitts. Well, look at that. That's a, a nearly a 20% market share for Kyle Pitts. <laughs> yes. If if we want to extrapolate, things look very promising uh, on the horizon. Uh, to me, it's just a it's a dead end. that we're, we're chasing points that just aren't there, not only for volume reasons, but for offensive reasons. Not... Not taking away anything from Kyle Pitts. Again, going back, uh, that was the only tight end that I ever will say was worthy of not only the 101 pick in uh, rookie drafts, but being considered for a first-round pick in Dynasty startups in general. Uh, We made a mistake. It's okay. The talent was there. The rookie season production was there. Things changed for Atlanta. They turned into an absolute dumpster fire overnight and are still somehow a football team. So... You know, we're still hoping for the future. I Anything could happen for the back half or the back two-thirds of this season, Nathan. But at this point, I'm calling 2022 a wash. I still don't think he's a first-round asset. Uh, I don't think he's number one tight end. It, I, I get it. Trust me. I get it. I'd rather have Mark Andrews, but I get it. Uh, we need a lot of things to change quickly for Atlanta in order for him to get back to what we saw as a rookie uh, whether Matt Ryan was good or not, the offense was at least centered uh, kind of around him. Let's move on to the New England Patriots. Uh, my question to start us off is, is it time to worry about Mac Jones? There's a chance. I, I mean, Bailey Zappi uh, has which, looked. Which, I, I, I'll be honest, I clearly didn't. I, I had Bailey Zappi on like all of my Superflex teams <laughs> and then cut him on nearly all of my Superflex teams and as part of roster cuts. Um, but also, uh, I thought his name was Z- Bailey Zapp. I had no idea his name was Zappi. Um, so, it might be Zapp. I call him Zappi. No, no, it's Zappi. Every outlet oh. that I've seen has, has, seen, has been calling him Zappi. I, I could have sworn his name was Bailey Zapp. So, Bailey Zappi. You know, granted, it's been against the Lions and the Deshaun Watsonless Browns, but Bailey Zappi has started to look a little bit like an NFL starting quarterback as a fourth-round pick in the rookie season. This has very Tom Brady to Drew Bledsoe feels. Uh, obviously, Drew Bledsoe was a little bit further on in his career at that stage, but I, I still think Mac is their guy. This uh, in turn could turn into more of a Jimmy Garoppolo situation where. Hey, look at this shiny toy that just showed up and put up a bunch of nice numbers and won us football games. And hey, your quarterback sucks, so you could have this Bailey Zappi in exchange for one first-round pick. 
I think that is closer to the territory we're in versus uh, a true quarterback, uh, you know, like an actual battle happening. Now, that being said, Bailey's happy has done more with the same weapons that Mac Jones was was doing with. Right, but then you compare Lions and Browns to Dolphins, Steelers, Ravens, Packers. Like uh, there's same, teams, a lo- same football team. They're all good. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, and granted, the Patriots schedule is still soft for the next several weeks. We have Bears, Jets, Colts, I guess. Yeah, Jets, you know, handed Aaron Rodgers lunch to him, so maybe that isn't a soft schedule. Um, but we'll see what happens with Mac. I I think at the at the very least, and I don't think this is really that that hard to, you know, defend. At the very least, the 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 Patriots are no longer rushing Mac back. Like they're they're not in the state. Like they're gonna give him every possible minute of rest time that they can before they're like, okay, it's it's time to bring him back. But also that's going to correlate with if Bailey Zappi continues to play well. As long as Zappi's playing well, the longer they might milk the Mac is still injured thing. And then as soon as Zappi turns back into a fourth round rookie quarterback, that's when they're like, okay, Mac, like come on back. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if if the Patriots stay in playoff contention, uh, yeah, you're right. They're, they'll let Mac take his time, uh, do whatever he needs to do, and and potentially they they could just just run the Bailey Zappi train into the ground uh, until the literal wheels fall off. So, um, which according to Tom Brady, you know, it might be like 23 years. true it's possible it is possible so i i I don't i don't have a lot of faith in bailey zappi from a dynasty perspective Uh, i i think we would need to see this for kind of the extent of of more of the season than just a couple of games but that being like i said that being said he has looked pretty darn good in in the limited time you know those i think it's about two and a half games now he's played um, I think he's only turned the ball over once, which is pretty impressive for a fourth round rookie, uh, again, playing garbage teams. However, it, it, it's still a football game and these are still NFL players. So um, fairly impressive. I, I don't know what the um, what the outlook is for the team. I mean, there's there's really no desirable weapons outside of Ramondre Stevenson and maybe Damian Harris if you're into buying injured running backs because the wide receiver depth chart is... Uh, I, I would recognize more people at Walmart than I do on their depth chart for wide receiver. Yeah, and then talking about a player... Oh, actually, before we do that. Uh, so, Zappy, someone offers, like... Either offers you a second, or, or you offer a second for for Zappy. What are your thoughts there? Are you accepting a second to to trade him away? Are you do you need like a second a uh, second and a Zappy for a first? Like what 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 is the trade value at right now? The problem with the second is it Mac Jones could be back next week. Mac Jones could be back next year. The the second it, it's such a gamble, and it's not like it's not like you're you're throwing a first out. The second has value, but how many games is a second worth of hopeful continued production? I, I think I'm taking any second if I am a, a Zappy owner, and I think I'm offering uh, probably a, a second and Zappy for a first if I'm trying to move him in other places, which I, I don't think that gets it. I don't think that's a completed trade, but 
you never know. If somebody's in need of quarterback reduction or it, maybe it's the Mac Jones owner, uh, which, you know, you, you could give them the, the free handcuff. I just I think I think he's kind of a, a make sense sell right now. Um, yeah, I, I think I'm taking any second. OK, and let's go to the Patriots wide receiver that I am quickly falling more and more in love with. It is one. Tyquan Thornton. Tyquan Thornton falls under the the prototype of the type of guy that I'm targeting in later, you know, late second round, early third round rookie drafts. It's the player that whenever the the draft pick happens on day two, the NFL draft, everyone's like screams at their TV. Why are they drafting Tyquan Thornton at round two, pick eighteen? And then that player ends up dropping, like, let's say Thornton was like the wide receiver 10 in the draft. And then in rookie drafts, he ends up being like wide receiver 15. Like that's the type of value that I like to capitalize on. And Thornton is exactly that player. And early on, it's looking like he is going to get some decent run. He's got uh, in his second career game, he had uh, five targets and three carries. So eight total touches. That's pretty good considering, you know, they're getting the ball in his hands. He scored two touchdowns. Is Tyquan Thornton like startable? No. But him getting this much action early on is a positive indicator of him possibly being, you know, one of the better weapons in this on this team that has no weapons. Yeah, that's that's his kind of most attractive part of, of Daquan Thornton is he's got what Devonte Parker, uh, I, Nelson Aguilar, Jacoby Myers. Kendrick Bourne, these are the guys that are are ahead of him in team targets. But he, you know, like he said he's played two games. Uh, this week obviously was kind of his coming out party. We we see him do some things, but you know whether it's uh, out of the backfield or actually catching passes, I, I think he could very easily move up this depth chart rapidly. Uh, and it's possible that he's already at the top of it with one decent performance. So. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's probably free in most places. He might even be available on some people's waiver wires, maybe not anymore. But uh, cheap to acquire someone, like you said, Nathan, that, that obviously he is young, but so much potential uh, and not only potential volume because there is no one on the depth chart, but we, you know, this is, like you said, the kind of attractive second-day rookie pick that we're chasing these these are the guys so he's got the he's got decent size he's like six three uh somewhere in that 200 pound you know mark so he, he's got the size he he could potentially move into a, a bigger role whether he, they move him into the slot or they put him outside um and whether it's bailey Zappier or mac jones i feel like if he continues to do what we saw this week he could very easily lead that team in targets by the end of the season all right, and let's wrap up the show with Cam Akers, the mysterious case of Cam Akers. It seems like either he got on on uh, Sean McVay's bad side or Sean McVay got on his bad side or both, and the Cam Akers-Rams marriage is finished, whether it's going to be through a trade or through a release. How much of this is the Achilles? How much of this is the Rams not liking him, not using him, whatever it is. Like what, what was the cause of this divorce? And then what, what's, what's going to happen next? Well, I think it's a little bit of everything. I, I think it's obviously the Achilles. He's not looked like the cam Akers we saw pre Achilles. Uh, 
and it, there was a lot of probably, hey, I want to play more, play me more, get me the ball, I want to do some things, and the Rams just saying, have you seen you? No, we're not doing that. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's unfortunate. You never want to see a, a young, promising kid like Cam Akers get kind of a, a, an unfortunately career-ending type injury and, and making it back, but not really making it back. So, um, yeah, been, been very underwhelming post injury I, I there's an outside chance that this is kind of it as far as like a meaningful role goes i know that they're you know they're fielding trade offers he's probably going to get cut he'll probably get picked up by somebody and then get cut again um who knows if he'll even be able to pass a physical i i i, I don't know um i just i i don't think after the achilles he's he's really going to be set up for uh, any big type of role for any team i'd be curious to see if the bills you know reach out uh if mccaffrey is in fact traded from the panthers if the panthers go potentially looking back at cam Akers, uh, i mean there's there's always a spot for a running back in a committee but that running back needs to be able to produce and needs to be able to contribute to a team and i'm not sure that cam Akers can do that at this point yeah and I think that there, there's no like there's nowhere Cam Akers can go that he immediately becomes fantasy startable, and there's nowhere Cam Akers is going to go that's going to like appreciably like destroy the value of the RB one there. I think that at this point, Cam Akers' best hope is to get released or get traded to a team and just show that he can play football again. Um, he hasn't shown that post Achilles, and so I, I think that you know there. Wherever he goes is going to be a tryout of sorts for, you know, obviously for his NFL future, but also for his dynasty value where it's like, I don't like his dynasty value at this point is probably like, you know, RB3 ish, maybe RB4, you know, it's definitely dwindling as time goes on. Um, and so I, I honestly, I would put out some feelers with Akers right now because I'm not totally out. Um, you know, we're, we're still what, probably like 14 months post post Achilles injury. And so, you know, what is it going to look like 28 months past post Achilles injury? Is he going to be an NFL running back again? The, the, the biggest detriment to Cam Akers is how replaceable the running back position is. And it's like, how many people are going to give him the chance to show he's healthy? And if the answer is not like two, then his career is over. Yeah, I mean, you could probably find something similar or if not better with a healthy person that hasn't gone through an Achilles injury. Um, so I, I'm going to, I'm just going to say a couple of teams. I know that you said that you don't think he's taking the place or, or being going to be detrimental to anybody for on certain rosters. Uh, I'm going to throw out a couple of teams and we can decide if he could potentially be their RB one and be detrimental, or if that's not changing anything, Miami dolphins, Chase Edmonds, uh, you know, most about it. Most are, look good. So I, I, I honestly think that 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 acres would be the rb3 on that team right now okay atlanta falcons not that they have a use for him but right maybe. yeah with, with the Fal the falcons would be the one where he'd be he, he he could easily be the rb1 in a few weeks in atlanta but i'm not sure it matters okay and then lastly arizona cardinals looking to add potentially more weapons they might see something in cam that maybe yeah. fits well that with cliff yeah, that de that depends on the on the Connor injury. I don't think that Akers is doing anything over Connor, but if Connor's out for several weeks, then you know Akers has a shot. Okay, yeah, I mean I'm kind of on board with all of that. I I, I think 
I think I would rather, if Akers is healthy, which is a massive if, find some confidence, I would rather well, sure. have him. If, if, if Akers is healthy, he's starting on 15 NFL teams instead of three. Well, I, I still don't know if I'd go that high because even even when he was healthy, he didn't look like world beater-ish. He, he, sure. he looked like a, a middling running back. Sure. Um, I'm, I'm taking him over Chase Edmonds. I, I think Mostert, when healthy, is probably one of the most underrated running backs in the league. Uh, so the the Miami one, I, I love the fit because the offense has been so fun, but I don't know that he's getting anything meaningful. Atlanta, I think he could step in right away and, and potentially add something uh, or at the very least spell Cordero Patterson if he returns. I don't know if he's out for the full season or if it's just one of those short-term IR things. I, I can't remember what his deal was. Um, but, I mean, it, it, that would be the easy fill-in right there, I think. I just don't know if Atlanta is looking for that, even though, I think they're technically first in the NFC, the NFC South right now, which who the hell would have thought that? Um, and then the Cardinals, you know, again, just that, that'd be, that'd be more of a kind of stockpiling weapon situation than an actual need for Cam Akers. So um, the options uh, outside of being like an RB three on a team are very slim in my opinion, uh, unless we see some other folks moving on, you know, the Alexander Madison from the Vikings, was a, a kind of a trade topic early on. He's still with the team and not getting any looks. So that that could potentially be a, another player on the move. And maybe Akers goes to Minnesota. Who who knows? Maybe maybe the Green Bay Packers decide they needed one extra running back for that team. If Cam Akers goes to Green Bay, he won't see a snap the entire season. <laughs> True. All right, that should wrap us up for today. We will talk to you guys next week. Make sure to like, rate, review, all those fun things. Rotoviz, you still need your Rotoviz pass. I don't know why you don't have it yet. You're, you're listening to this and you don't have it yet. That's unacceptable. You need promo code RV Radio 2022. It supports podcast, buys dog food for me, dog food for Dan, and people food because he has kids. So No, everybody gets dog food. Oh, everybody. Okay, everybody gets dog food at the Tassanio household. Uh, and maybe if you subscribe, they'll be able to afford people food as well. That should wrap us up for this evening. We'll talk to you guys next week. Kadoosh! Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.